0: Welcome back to another Bear Necessities podcast, your readily ridiculed and always authentic Chicago Bears podcast. I'm your host, Austin, and with me is my co-host, Reese Panthers. You're officially worse than the Bears, might be the only team in the NFL. How are you doing this week, Reese?
1: Yeah, doing all right. Yeah, definitely not Not many complaints here. Been enjoying uh, the Sunday of watching football that's been bears Always an interesting experience when it's a Sunday and, you know, you're always just so used to those noon central time kickoffs with the Bears, you know, the occasional afternoon kick. Um, but, you know, the double up on the Thursday night football uh, games this week, our games this year was was interesting and it's been fruitful for the bears you know two and oh on thursday night
0: yeah all only time we can win a game it seems like is on prime time <laughs> when teams do not have winning. time
1: to prepare <laughs> um, you know oh will practice beforehand
0: I know we were talking about it slightly before the show, but man, what a, what a nothing win. (laughs) I I know our bears fans are going to struggle and they're definitely going to think we're not optimistic about this team, but it's just like when you got the backup quarterback in and like nothing's really moving, it just seems like the one, you know, the one good takeaway from this weekend was I thought the offensive line looked pretty good.
1: Yeah. I, I think, you know, ultimately, you know, especially, In football, a win is a win. Um, So you know they can go ahead and and celebrate the victory. You know um, I don't think it moves the needle at all. At least for me as a fan, and it really shouldn't too much for the team. Um, Like you're saying, you know you you beat the the worst team in football. Congrats, um, and you beat them sixteen to thirteen. It was not pretty by any means. You know you could have done something else with your Thursday night, and I wouldn't have blamed you. Um, There really wasn't too much going on in that game. I think my main takeaway, Austin, I think I texted you uh, during the game about it. The one feeling that I have, and especially as as Justin Fields gets back, because I think we've seen what we need to see of of, of Bajant, correct? I mean, or Bajant. Well, I might as well pronounce, after all these weeks, might as well pronounce it correctly. I think we've seen enough of Bajant and, you know, congrats to him on being two and two coming on relief and, you know, providing two out of this, uh, the team's three wins at the moment. That's awesome. Good for him. And you know, what a start, what a story at the same time, I'm really tired, um, for really, I think it's, you know, we can hammer this home as much as we want. And we've talked about the coaching staff repeatedly. I don't know if we can really make the excuse though, that this team is not talented and is like, doesn't have the personnel anymore. And especially what you brought up with the offensive line. Offensive line is really playing well, you know, especially to the point Mm -hmm. where I'm like, when Justin Fields comes back, back now, I'm like, let's hammer the football, you know, go heavy run, obviously incorporate the RPO and then rip play action. Of course, still want to get, you know, Justin Fields out of the pocket, but it's like this, it ended up being evident at the end of last year and it's becoming Evident again that this is like a running football team. Like that's the strength of this team is putting the ball on the ground and just being physical. And right now they have the offensive line to to play that way. Um, and also, you know, you look at the wide receiver talent, DJ Moore. Obviously, not getting the full utilization, especially with Bajen playing quarterback. Darnell Mooney has kind of shown it in some spurts. But I'm not saying this roster is a top ten roster. But I think that you know this is a much different team compared to the excuses that we gave this coaching staff last year. You yeah. know, I, I just, it, it's evident same results. Like we got players, you know, we got yeah. some, some good players.
0: Same results. Yeah. That's the issue is that this, this team is a lot better, but I, I know we have our third win already, but we got those three wins a lot quicker last year. Um, and I'm not going to say that we're it's going to be the same situation. It seems like we're getting better as the season goes on. Um, but man, this, this coaching staff, they, they clearly struggle. Um, I'm not, you know, and I'm still going to give them time. You know, Justin Fields is coming back. you you're, you go two and two with your backup quarterback for any team. I'd say that's half decent, to be honest. Like when your backup comes yeah. in, if you can go 500, I think that's like kind of the, the bar like that, that determines if you have a good backup or not. Um, I'm just interested to see how how much of this positive momentum they're able to carry over with Justin Fields. I would almost certainly assume that he's coming back next uh, after this mini buy um, since he's been starting to throw a little bit, which I think is important for this team. I mean, if you can start, this is really going to determine Justin Fields um, destiny. If you can really start rattling off some wins here. um, I I think that could be enough to save Justin Fields, um, even barring a first overall pick. Especially considering the way that, um, you know, obviously like Caleb Fields, Drake May, while both Caleb have been fields, <laughs> <laughs> Caleb, Caleb, Williams, <laughs> the way he's been fumbling. I mean, he certainly does look like Caleb Fields out there, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Caleb Williams, Drake may, I mean, the way that they've been playing, both of them have been playing good, but I do think that, you know, kind of with every quarterback, uh, it their flaws are starting to show a little bit more um, as they're kind of going into their last season. So neither look a hundred percent perfect. I would say none of that. Neither of them seem like they're can't miss draft draft prospects, even though both of them, both of them in my eyes uh, are, are better prospects coming into the NFL than Justin Fields has been. And uh, than most of these other quarterbacks that have been coming out, have been, I still think they're very highly up there. But Justin Fields, you start winning, you start showing success in the NFL. I think that's enough to keep you around. Uh, This coaching staff, I don't know, man. It's going to be really, as you said on the last podcast, it's going to be really difficult to return the same quarterback and coaching staff because what you're evidently saying is that this team doesn't have enough talent, which is what I think we're learning. It, It seems like they do have enough talent where they should be successful.
1: Yeah, I'm not saying that they need the. I'm not saying even quite that this is a playoff quality roster. I think it's getting there, and I think the offensive line is is getting to that point. Like there's teams that are having far more su- success with you know less competent offensive lines. Totally, um, I think it does speak. You know, mostly on the coaching, and you know, as for the quarterback situation. I think it's up in the air. I mean, if you can, if there's rumors going around that you can return this coaching staff, that that might be a possibility, or at least the head coach, not necessarily the rest of the staff. If Iberflus is going to be retained, then you better believe that there's a chance that Fields could be. And I had to kind of collect my thoughts on it like recently because it's just such a weird predicament because I think that us as Bears fans know that the ceiling is, is very high for Justin Fields and that in a different, situation, this probably isn't even a question. You know, he might be in a different spot. Yeah. He might be a solidified franchise quarterback by now in his third season. But, you know, this is the Bears. So these are Bears like conversations that we get to have, unfortunately, you know, routinely, like <laughs> like a clock. Yeah. You know, it's very consistent. We know what it's gonna boil down to. Um and I think in the case of Justin Fields, you know, if you can return Matt Iraflus, if that's even on the table, and so is returning Justin Fields and ultimately I think that what I kind of came to when I was thinking about it is that they this front office already gave a vote of confidence in his way by not taking a quarterback in this past draft. So that's one yeah. kind of nod that I think for the people that are the Fields truthers that really do want to see Fields stay, you know, obviously their their endless tweeting is not gonna really help anything either way but um there's a chance you know they could find happiness in the fact that you know pulse has already given a vote of confidence by you know not taking a quarterback with that first overall pick last year um of course they got a haul for it and it made a lot of sense we're just gonna have to see like i am really curious to see how this plays out i think that fields could come back and, and play at a good level i don't know if he's gonna be able to repeat um, kind of that stretch that he had going on. What was it? The, the commanders and, and, uh, Broncos game where he was lighting yeah. it up. I'm not sure if he's going to be quite that high, but I could see him playing at a high level. I think certainly higher than what we've seen, um, Bajan do, but once again, it's so limited by the coaching staff. I wish I could say for certainly one way or another, but there's a chance that they walk out and, you know, a fields return game is what, what is it? What is their next game after this mini buy? the lions right yeah even a tough matchup like that i mean i could see the coaching staff totally boggling the game plan and making them look worse and and the bears getting smoked i mean that's certainly within the realm of possibility uh so you just really never know with this team man it's it's crazy
0: (laughs) it's 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 really difficult to gauge and like i would say something that make i would be a little bit concerned of if i'm a fields you know field supporter really want to see fields return, which I'm not even necessarily opposed to. I I don't think that you can return. What I think I'm most pro for is bringing in new coaching staff and letting them do a full analysis on what they think they have with fields, what they think they see out of, out of the draft and let them make the best decision there. Because, you know, if you get a first overall pick, it's going to be really, and you get a new coaching staff, it's going to be really difficult. I would say for fields to keep his job because just resetting the time clock. Like, there's a like last year, I didn't necessarily believe in that thought, like, oh, you just take Bryce Young to reset the clock. But now that we're getting into Fields' third season, we don't exactly know what he is. I've always been under the impression when you get a shot at a quarterback, take it. And I kind of am still under that impression. I do think it would be probably best if we do draft a quarterback. Um, the other thing that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. This Montez sweat contract, I do think it's a good contract. And I do think it'll look like a steal in a couple of years. But what I will say is that when you keep adding on these bigger contracts, it's making me wonder if they're preparing to have a rookie quarterback contract for quite a while. Um, especially with like still yeah. pursuing this Jalen Johnson extension. It's gonna be, if you don't like. Typically, you don't keep a quarterback for under forty million. I think we even saw that with Daniel Jones. Typically, when quarterbacks get extended, now they're going to be at least hitting that forty million mark. Otherwise, your team's probably moving on from him, or he's like a he's like a backup or a, or a, like a stopgap solution. Um, I would say that it to me, it at least feels like the chances are almost more likely that Fields will be gone at this point than Ibraflus, which sounds insane to say. But I kind of feel like that will probably that is likely the case because I just don't know how you return the same coaching staff and quarterback and justify it to this fan base. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, but we'll see. You know, but you
1: can't <laughs> you can't return this coaching staff and then draft a new quarterback either. That, right? that That's yeah. criminal. That's criminal.
0: That's yeah.
1: <laughs> you really but, can't.
0: Man, there, it, there's
1: a limited number of options for this Bears team that really make sense you know it's a little bit of a pickle and what's the so this is Justin Fields third year fourth year coming up which would be on the rookie contract would it be this summer that they'd have to exercise the fifth year option or yeah okay and what's the cap hit of that look like probably like 20 million a little bit
0: okay 25 maybe which
1: is reasonable yeah you know So interesting. I mean, that's going to be something to watch, too, if they do end up hanging on to him. And if they do end up just going Justin Fields as a quarterback. I guess you could say maybe it would be the draft after the 2024 season that you'd be looking for a quarterback, but that would seem really weird. So it seemed likely that we'd see either extension or that fifth year option if he is indeed coming back.
0: If you get the first overall pick this year. You, you either have to draft a quarterback or extend Justin Fields. If you don't have a quarterback that you feel worth extending, in my eyes, you have to draft a quarterback. Like that, I, I, and I hate that every single discussion goes back to this, but uh, let's be honest here, this year is a lost cause. We're not going to be making any sort of motion in the playoffs. Come on. Uh,
1: <laughs> Three and seven. Three and seven, what? We haven't, we haven't won consecutive games. We also haven't lost consecutive games since what? the Broncos game fair fair (laughs) right we (laughs) haven't had a losing streak
0: in a little bit of time and that is great (laughs) yeah very true um unfortunately it also seems like the Bears are likely going to play themselves out of the opportunity of drafting a rookie quarterback and getting Marvin Harrison Jr that being said who knows with this coaching staff they always find to do the impossible so uh we'll see about that. I think it's ever so likely that the Bears end up with a quarterback and a rookie edge rusher. Um, i that just seems likely to me at this point. And I have to say one thing that I will say this past game, the, these past two games, I've been really impressed with Braxton Jones. hmm I think that he's th- look you- yeah. I think that him getting injured, honestly, might have gave him what he needed to just kind of collect himself and be like, I got this. Because he was handling some bull rushes really well, and that was like his weak spot last year.
1: Because I was all aboard. I think I was even pushing the idea, right, of just, you know, yeah, you push Braxton Jones to be a swing tackle, go out if, you know, like you're saying, you have that Carolina pick, which you are going to assume to be higher better pick um and with the bears pick you know maybe you take alt or fashanu in one of those picks do you think braxton jones could could play himself completely out of that conversation right now like you're saying the past two games he certainly played well enough for it's like ah maybe maybe he actually is the guy which it seems ludicrous to say with what his draft position was but sometimes you just get it right
0: yeah yeah and i think that like the other thing is, is, at minimum, I think he's good enough where you can keep him around as long as you need to, and maybe draft a guy, not in the late rounds, but like maybe after this draft, the year after, you draft a guy, you know, later in the first round that you feel like you can develop behind him. Um, it is, it is certainly difficult to, to me at least, to like, it seems ever so likely to me that there's going to be an edge draft. Edge rusher drafted with one of those picks. And I also think that besides Braxton Jones, maybe you think once Darnell Wright continues to develop, he might have a shot on the left side. You know? Like maybe... Ideally, you don't want to yeah. dedicate most of your tackle money to your right side player, uh, but maybe he does a little <laughs> Tristan Wirfs thing where after a couple years, he, he flips over and 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 becomes that left tackle. I think
1: it would certainly... I think even if you switched him over now, he would be able to get the job done. But like you said, if he keeps developing, and I think he's been tremendous at that right tackle position, you know, it is a transition, but I think that he would be able to handle it. Uh, yeah. Ultimately, with just the type of lineman that he is. I mean, not only is he big, but he's also athletic, you know, and that's yeah. against the athletic edge rushers, um, especially you're usually pulling the top. The top guy when you're a left tackle, um, or at least it's the biggest responsibility anyway, because you're protecting the blind side. Unless the Bears go out and get panics. then then he's the franchise right tackle, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. Because he's a southpaw. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That yeah. is that is that would be unique for sure. <laughs> I, right? I didn't even it really think that- about that too much. That is weird to think about that when you are a lefty. your other. Your other side is, is what's more important. That's your blindside blocker. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess to
1: to wrap this into the game somehow too, <laughs> as far as kind of projecting into the offseason, because ultimately this is the game recap. We're getting a little lost in the shuffle here. But, you know, what do you think about too? Because Foreman was signed on just a one-year contract. Am I yeah. correct? Yeah. You're not really... I don't see the Bears, unfortunately, I don't see them if Foreman kind of keeps up this level of play and maybe there are more people willing to pay him, you know, a decent chunk of change. Obviously not a ludicrous contract. Um, you know, nothing over double digits, but maybe someone's out there willing to pay him even that Monty deal. I, I don't see the Bears really doing that.
0: It's also hard because he is getting older at this point. I mean, he's 27 going on 28, which for a running back is old. Um, I don't know if it necessarily the Foreman production. While I do think he's our best running back right now. Um, I don't know if really it says more about him or if it says more about our other running backs on the roster. You know, I, I've been disappointed overall with Roshan Johnson. Um, I just think he hasn't been what we thought he might be. Um, there's, there's some running backs in this draft though, that I really feel like, like even someone like a Braylon Allen, I, I just feel like you plug him in, in this scheme. I think he's going to thrive like, and that's, uh, thinking that we keep the same coaching staff or at least the, the same scheme, which I think obviously scheme is, is much more likely than coaching staff. Um, but yeah, I think that if you, you go out and get another Shanahan op- offensive, uh, Coordinator or head coach, um, getting a guy like Braylon Allen, I think he's gonna he's gonna thrive in that role. I also think, uh, God, I, I'm blanking on his name now, but the the Texas running back, he just tore his ACL yesterday. But he, that dude is oh, Jonathan yeah, yeah. Brooks. I think is it? Yeah, Jonathan Brooks. I believe so. Yeah, him. He, I I really think has an opportunity or had an opportunity. Now I don't know of being one of those players that in the post draft, like just uh analysis like once teams start really looking into the film i i really think that he is a player that could be the top running back drafted i think he's that good um and i think he's so versatile but uh him you know trayvon henderson there's no elite running back in the in this draft but there's guys i think you can plug in and get more potential out than a lot of these guys we have on our roster
1: yeah yeah, I mean there's there's gonna be a wide variety of rookie running back and all like kind of the running back classes coming out now are, are very deep. I mean even if you're just a, a Big Ten fan here watching locally, you could probably you're watching a lot of good running backs play, you know, week in, week out, ultimately. Um, especially across, yeah. you know, the top teams in the conference. You're talking about the Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, you know they all have options at running back and these are all guys that given the right situation could do really well in the NFL. It just, the NFL churns out running backs right now, (laughs) like after your rookie contract, it's just kind of it. It's it's really unfortunate. Um, but it'll be interesting to watch over the off season. I'm kind of with you on Roshan Johnson. I expected, I expected better. Even, um, even this past game, I think he had five carries or so maybe five or six carries. Yeah below 20 yards still It just wasn't perfect. And I think that obviously he kind of just still that little bit of extra hesitation that Foreman doesn't have. And that really shows you the difference when they're going, you know, when they're alternating switching them, which I'm completely fine with, because you got to keep, keep the guys fresh, but it's just Roshan Johnson hasn't quite had that, that burst that I thought, Um you know, obviously he was coming back from a, a long kind of stint dealing with a uh, concussion. Um, so he's still kind of getting back into it, but we're going to have to see. I mean, the rest of the year is going to be big for him. I think that he should still be getting more involved in the passing game as well. Um, and then of course, you know, Khalil Herbert who's been banged up obviously haven't seen like any of him um, still seems like the long-term guy, but uh, obviously health is uh, going to become, you know, Even more uh, tricky with him down the line. I mean, unfortunately, as a running back, as you get more and more banged up, it just doesn't uh, doesn't make things any easier. As we can see with someone like you know Cam Akers, who man, tough for him. He what tore his one Achilles when he was with the Rams, and he just tore his other on the opposite leg. Just uh, you hate to see it, but it's the unfortunate reality of the position in the NFL.
0: Yeah. Uh, To keep on the game. Uh, I also think that no, we no, we (laughs) we don't do that Uh, not on a losing team. But I also think that uh, Montez Sweat made huge impact this game. Like he was, uh, he looked like a top five edge rusher, top ten edge rusher in this game. I don't think that's. I I think he's out of the top ten, obviously. But he's he (laughs) he's gonna be good. He's gonna be good. Yeah, I think I think obviously the one
1: thing that has been pretty clear to me um, over his first two games. It's just been his motor is always going right. I don't think yeah. he's taken a playoff um, and he's not given up on any play either. A lot of times we see him come opposite of the formation uh, and track the guy down or at least, you know, assist in the tackle in some sort of way. So I think that he's definitely a high energy guy. Um, I And I'm curious to see how, him and Ngakwe, you know, playing opposite of each other, how that kind of goes for the rest of the season, um, just to see if maybe that's a potential pairing. It doesn't seem like right now that it's necessarily anything perfect. Um, and it's also been interesting to watch Walker shift back inside too, as yeah. well. Um, and the impact these have playing some three technique, the defensive line, like it has its moments, but they just don't finish. It's kind of yeah. been an issue for most of the season. It's just, they can provide pressure at times, still not great, but they provide pressure at times. And Montez sweat has helped that. I think he's brought some intensity. He's definitely gotten in on a lot of the action and, you know, has gotten pressures, but it's the sacks. just still aren't coming readily they're getting some, but they're just not cashing in on, on all their opportunities.
0: Yeah, it's pretty clear to me that the Bears are definitely going to need um, a three technique still. Like, that's still uh, like what we need. I have a feeling that Jervon Dexter is going to stay at the defensive tackle position and kind of rotate with Andrew Billings long term. Um, and I think that Zach Pickens, I kind of think he's a nose tackle too, <laughs> or at, at least a backup three technique. Um, he just doesn't seem like he's going to win over that starting spot. And Justin Jones is almost obviously gone to Marcus Walker. I think long-term is not going to be the answer there either. I think he's going to most likely once we get a guy in going to end up rotating um, either inside outside or mostly be a, a rusher for sure. Um, I, I really think that this defensive line is showing some progress. What's a completely ab- abundantly obvious to me this year or at least since we got sweat is that he's taking a lot of pressure off these inside guys. Javon Dexter has been getting a good, uh, he was getting double teamed like every single game, which is crazy for a rookie. And he got some pretty good pressures uh, this past game. Um, since Montez sweat was getting a lot more attention and Yannick Ngakwe is getting home a little bit more too. So I think these edge rushers are like good enough to get They're, they're like, I mean, Montez Sweat, ideally, is going to be a second edge rusher on your team. He's not going to be your primary guy, ideally, which is why I think we do draft, uh, draft a de- uh, defensive end, it, it, to me at least. Um, but I think also a part of this is just getting used to this 4-3 scheme. I mean, that's just a little bit a part of it, is like you get less pressure. I mean, that's a part of the game. Um, you get a lot more blitz yeah. pressure when, when you're getting pressure. It's on blitzes.
1: Yeah, I think um, I do agree with what you said about Dexter. I think that his long-term home is going to be the defensive tackle position. He's not the three technique. And I think with the three tech, just why it didn't work out for him is just because the get off still just isn't quite there. Yeah. Um, I think that when he gets going, you know, obviously he is a force. Like you said, you know, he does command attention from the offensive line um, but at the same time, when they did try to play him at three tech occasionally, definitely wasn't very often. Um, I, I think that it just wasn't what you need um, in the three technique. And I think with him and Billings, I do like that rotation. Obviously, I don't know if we mentioned it on the podcast at all, but Billings did get that extension, too. Yep. If
0: I'm I like it. Good. Good. Yeah. I friendly extension, I think
1: he's been a very positive player. Obviously he's not someone that was going to drastically move the needle, um but I think that for the contract he was brought in on for the role that he was expected to have, he's definitely played far above that. Um and I think as a rotational piece, you know, with him and Dexter, I think that's a good rotation. Certainly a gap there in the three technique and I think Yannick and probably isn't your long-term guy either. Um, so we'll see, I I'm with you. I think that it would make the most sense to go and get that other answer for the defensive end or edge, whatever it's going to end up being. Cause you know, knowing this team's luck, we're going to switch back to a three, four defense with whatever coach that we bring back in. So we'll be right back, uh, <laughs> right back to running, you know, three, four and three down linemen and outside linebackers bringing pressure. Um, yeah. but, uh, that would really change up what that looks like for this interior defensive line too. Cause then we're talking about, you know, someone like Dexter is probably a lot more valuable than someone like, uh, Pickens. And we already got someone like Billings, you know, we might be looking at, uh, unfortunately having to get rid of some of the interior alignment that this team has been developing.
0: Yeah, certainly could be, certainly could be, um, Yeah, man, this game, you know, what I also say is I'll give a a vote of confidence towards Ryan Poles. That man knows how to draft DBs. I thought the DBs played great in this game. Even, you know, Eddie Jackson has for, you know, how we've commented that might be moving on from him fairly soon. He's played well. Brisker played well. Tyreek Stevenson played well. Kyler Gordon plays well. I mean, this really, these DBs are done a disservice by how mediocre this defensive line is. Because if you swap in just a few pieces, I mean, this, this defense, I think, truly could be good. Um, I, I really think that this team is like two defensive linemen off from having a pretty good defense. So we'll see in the offseason how that kind of transpires. Uh, that'll be interesting. We'll also be interesting to see if we end up keeping Jaquan Brisker or if he gets tagged in trade or just tagged. Um, not Jaquan Brisker, sorry Jalen Johnson. Um, yeah, there's a lot to, and this is the thing again. There's a lot to be excited about, but with this coaching staff, they can't, they couldn't kill excitement anymore. And that's kind of my takeaway from this game. It's like you see it, you sure you're happy you get the win, especially because the Panthers keep that number one overall draft pick that goes to the Bears. But at the same time, you're like. Man, this team is is really bad, and you're seeing the coaching staff that Ibrahulus learned everything from across, just across the sidelines, and seeing how that's going. So, um, not that necessarily the the predecessor that your coach comes from uh, indicates their ability to coach, but you know, same losing issue, same just losing ph- philosophy of losing. Um, seems to be present on both sidelines on that Thursday night game. I will say before we start to kind of close out the show, man, the Packers are still hilariously bad. Did you watch the game today, Reese?
1: <laughs> just on uh just on red zone. So I wasn't uh tuned in a hundred percent of the way, but I know that the final is uh twenty three to nineteen.
0: Yeah. Jordan Jordan Love goes ahead, throws, throws the game losing interception. Peter Bukaki. We know a lot about that to defend here. Him. What?
1: So we know a lot about that. Oh, yeah. Here. Game oh, and yeah. interceptions.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. But it was not as egregious as this one. But Peter Bukaki, of course, is uh, attempting to justify the interception, even though it was thrown directly at a DB. Yeah. Uh, tough, tough time for the Packers. I really hope they keep losing so they have no shot at that first overall pick. But we'll see.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could be wrong here. I don't know why some of the Packers analysts, podcasters are still kind of clutching or really trying to like justify some of his errors. Like just let him learn. I think a lot of the fans have come to grips with that like, you know. I think fans realize that at least for right now, Jordan Love isn't playing extremely well. Um, so I don't understand the narrative pushing um, but we see it all the time here in Chicago too. There's always, always narratives, even when, the, you know, kind of what you're watching doesn't lie. Usually, you know, the eye test is usually very indicative, um, and, and very telling. So.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think that it's just a matter of the fan base never having to really watch quarterback development, a good portion of their fan base, their entire life, it was Aaron Rodgers, and, uh, and, and, uh, Jesus, the guy who stole all the money from the pro Brett people. Parf. What's his name? What's it <laughs> far? <laughs> um, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. to be fair, though, Aaron Rodgers needed like a year. Like, I'm not even saying obviously sitting. Obviously, he sat out behind Brett Favre for longer than that. But his first like season wasn't he wasn't necessarily lighting it up, you know. Very true. Um, And I don't know if. Jordan Love is really showing those same Aaron Rodgers type moments where it's like, ah, you know, we, we might have something here. I think that there are some concerns. There's also been, there's been some good throws. I mean, if I'm trying to look at it as non-biased as possible, like he has made a few good throws, but there also has been, you know, a good amount of concerning moments, interceptions, say what you will. Um, But oh man got the hiccups now but we're just gonna have to see how it plays out and uh you know that uh fortunately for bears fans and unfortunately for them you know they kind of get a little bit of taste of our medicine a little bit of uncertainty for once in their lives
0: yeah i think what's just tough for jordan love is really since the first two games he's thrown eight touchdowns 10 interceptions um It just gets hard to justify, especially when you see the lack of downfield development. It really seems like he is not adding anything to the team. It's I mean, it's got to be a bun. I would hope that at this point, it's abundantly clear to Packers fans that he's not a plus quarterback. Um, Now, can you win with him? Can you be a Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff type of guy? That's kind of the boundary you're asking yourself. Um, but to me, I mean, I, we've been saying and not to say like the talent around him isn't perfect, but there are players around him much, much better situation, of course, than like Justin Fields was in last year. Um, one could argue it's a better situation than uh, 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 Texans quarterback is in. I'm, I'm blanking on his name. CJ right Stroud. CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud. Yep. Yeah. Who has been unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's been
1: and lights out, and you know, from a Michigan fan, I will have to give him uh his his props. I mean, he's played really, really well. And and man, I can't remember. I hopefully in the pre-draft uh, process, you know, when we were building up to it. I think I said that he certainly had potential. I mean, he he mm-hmm. is he has a lot of talent. Um, and you know, he can go ahead and, and he can make those runs. I know he had a second rushing touchdown of the season. But, man, he definitely is a lot more planted in the pocket than someone like Fields. Um, yeah. But, man, he's been dishing it out. And how about uh, Joshua Dobbs, man? He is yeah.
0: ripping it with the Vikings. Yeah. That's that's uh, that's crazy. <laughs> that's That's been crazy. He has been, on the first game, he didn't have a single practice snap with the players, and he, <laughs> he came in and won it. I mean, that was crazy and you know I, I you do wonder if hey can do the Vikings try to run it back with him I mean over Kirk Cousins like who knows who knows we are gonna have to see how it plays out I think though that
1: is like anything and of course you know people will point at well you know you know Bajan got the two wins in his four starts um, as well but it wasn't quite like the same way that Dobbs is playing I think it's just a testament to you have to coach towards who your quarterback is. And I think that's as much of a testament to that as anything. I mean, they are calling plays for Josh Dobbs. Obviously, he's still kind of picking up this offense. And he's ripping it and he's playing well. Like, if there's any other notice to this coaching staff of just gear your offense to Justin Fields, at least in this, the rest of the season when he comes back just try to make it as much as Justin Fields' offense as possible. It's not about – it's not Luke Getse's offense. It should be Justin Fields' offense. Yeah. And uh, I just have a feeling I'm going to continue to be frustrated with that as time moves forward.
0: Yep. All right, man. Well, I think I think we've said enough. Um, I'm sorry, guys, that it's not a positive podcast. If we come and beat the Lions next week, I promise you – It'll be a positive podcast, but it's hard to not see your team go, you know, toe to toe with uh, the Panthers, a horrible team and be like, well, this is this is tough to watch. Um, But, you know, we'll see how it goes next week. I'm excited to get Justin Fields back. That's like the big thing. It'll actually seem exciting to watch Bears games again, because I have to be honest, I was not excited watching Tyson Bajan at all, really. Uh, Let's 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 look (laughs) forward to that. These podcasts will become a lot more interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you can go ahead and you can cue the music. I'll, I'll walk it out. Here. Yeah, it's gonna be a shame not being able to hear uh, about Beigen's dad every week, you know. Um, <laughs> hearing about his his arm wrestling um, prestige, his fame. How Put him in the that Bajin quarterback family. Yeah, his right. Dad. Exactly. Let's watch him sling it um, But you know we're going to move forward another week Like Austin said If we can go ahead and take down the Lions There's going to be a little bit more celebration going on We can keep our fingers crossed All signs are hoping that after this mini buy, We are going to get to see Justin Fields And we're going to get to watch Some exciting football hopefully As always Hope this podcast was exciting to y'all um, Go ahead and feel free to leave a rating And review We encourage you to do so we'll read them out on the podcast. We haven't had one for a little while. So be sure to leave some words down below uh, in the review section and uh, you'll get your shot out.
0: Thank you everyone for joining again. This team still has a bright future. We're just going into the most important <laughs> off season ever once again. Yeah. And then hopefully yeah. not have that happen again, again next year, but we'll see. <laughs> All right, everyone bear down bear it out Go target All right